My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning, everybody. All right, let's jump into Mark chapter 2. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open up. Now, so for those of you that pay attention, when I, when I read Mark chapter 2 in here in a second, you'll notice something is different. I brought a different Bible today. Now, it's still an ESV, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about this one here a few minutes into the lesson and how to use it and how not to use it. But we start each week with the uh, same question, the one that's highlighted on the top of your uh, handout there. Attention, Dave Barber, we miss you. It was working a few minutes ago, and now it's not, so it's behaving like a Windows machine. It's my throwing shade on Windows, sorry. I hate all things Microsoft, so there's that too. Um, No, so we start each week with this lesson, with this question that's at the top of your handout, so you should have a handout on your table. So what is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we've studied so far? So what is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we've studied so far? So give us a minute or two to talk through this. If you haven't already shared, feel free to do so. Um, Hopefully your copy of Mark, the little one that we passed out several months ago, uh, is starting to look very marked up. Marked up. There you go. All right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, now, how many of you are the, like, every page is full and you have no more space to write and you need another copy because, dang it, there's just, there's just too much that you've written. That, so, Stacy, I can see yours like that, right? And Darla's is like that. I'd bet a nickel that Thesis is like that, right? And then... There's probably a couple others in the room, but you might be too shy. Yes, Miss Sherry's is like that. Uh, mine is mostly like that, but most of mine is from uh, going to Mark on Wednesday nights with Brian. Um, so I've mentioned this a couple of times, but it's, it's been very, very good out there. So, so what is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we have studied so far? Not a rhetorical question. Yes, ma'am, I got a hand. I see that hand. Mm-hmm. We did, yes. That's going to come up again. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a good way to put that. Yes. Right. That's right. That's exactly right. Yep. Right. Yep. 
Amen. That is beautiful. Now, there's a few auditors in the room, and this is good. I like this quite a bit. That's awesome. And we think, think that Mark was the first gospel written, maybe even as early as the 50s, maybe as late as the 60s, but certainly in the 50s and 60s. Um, and the majority of these people would still have been alive, right? I mean, this is super easy to have done that. So excellent. Good perspective. All right, one more. Oh, you're doing it for me. Nice. Thank you. You got it working? That's excellent. Cool. This is what I love about our class. It's just like, there's a big gaping, sucking chest wound somewhere, and somebody jumps in and says, I'll fix that. <laughs> or at least tries, right? <laughs> One more. Again, not rhetorical. Yes, ma'am, Ms. Sherry. Hmm. I'm learning that I need to repent more, believe more, and be healed more. Amen. Amen and amen. And I believe we can all say, uh, me too, right? Well, let's take a look at uh, Mark chapter 2. So we've, we've uh, covered Mark chapter 1, uh, and in Mark 1... We saw how John the Baptist prepares the way. We looked at the baptism of Jesus, the temptation of Jesus. He began his ministry. He called the first few disciples. He had four up to that point. Uh, heals a man with an unclean spirit. Heals several more. He preaches in Galilee. And then he cleanses this leper. Uh, and then the last couple of weeks, we've looked at he, his healing of this paralytic man with the four friends. So let's read all of chapter 2. Uh, and then we'll jump into verses 13 and beyond. So Mark chapter 2. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes are sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Rise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. And he went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at the table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. 
I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came to him and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. And one Sabbath he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which it is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him? And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Can he get your attention in just a few words or what? Like it, does, it just doesn't take a lot of words. Because when you have all the power, you don't need all the words. So let's start with verse 13. So we see here, this is the, the header in the ESV says, Jesus calls Levi. And uh, so now, now those of you that have read the Bible a couple of times or are familiar with the Gospels know that, that Levi, we're introduced to several different uh, people here in this particular text. So are there any literary or structural observations? So we're introduced to Levi, tax collectors, the Pharisees, and disciples, which is, like, that's a lot of new concepts for one small portion of text. But we'll, we'll start with Levi since he shows up first in this week's text. Uh, and Levi has another name in the, in the New Testament. Anybody know what Levi's other name is? Matthew, that's right, uh, which is a strange other name because you're like, well, Levi didn't sound anything like Matthew. Well, they don't have to. That's just the way the New Testament works. Uh, so he went out again beside the sea. Uh, so again, beside the sea. So can you get my picture? You're all over it. Ta-da! There we go. Uh, this is like magic now. Just say it and it happens. It's kind of cool. You, you may have just gotten a new job in Sunday school, so we'll... we'll <laughs> We'll see, because <laughs> this is really handy. <laughs> um, so this is the, this, is there, are there any seas on our map? Let me start with that. How many seas are there on our map? How many seas are there on our map? Three seas on our map. Oh, yeah, 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 all right, all right, yes, wow, boy, I am not paying attention, am I? <laughs> this big, massive blue section right over here, right? Yeah. Yes, that is technically a sea. It's a great big sea. But yes, so, so there are three seas. So which sea are we talking about here? Do we know? So he says he went what? He went again beside the sea. What sea has he been beside so far? He's been beside the Sea of Galilee, right? We need to be good readers. So he's been again beside the Sea of Galilee. So we're up here in the north. Uh, again, he, he would do this uh, over and over. Uh, beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming. So this is the imperfect tense. So this is this idea that something that's already happened and the results are continuing. So these are things that are regularly occurring. This, this crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching. Again, this is his norm. This is not something that was an aberration for him. Uh, I, I don't want to say everywhere he went, he taught, but just about. Like, 
just about every single place he went, he taught. Um, there was just a lot of teaching that he would do. And if you if you look at the text of what, and, and for those of you that have a Bible with uh, red letters, right, with the, the words of Jesus in red, if you look at the volume of red letters in Mark chapter 1 and up to this point in Mark chapter 2, how many red letters are there? Are there more red letters or more black letters? A lot more black letters, right? Mark does not record for us every single thing that Jesus ever taught. And some of you right now are going, but I wish he had. Wouldn't it have been fun to have all that? Well, it might have been. But your Bible also might have, you had to haul it around in a U-Haul, right? So, one, careful what you wish for, and two, the Holy Spirit knew exactly what to inspire and to preserve for us. So, let's, let's make sure we are thrilled with what we have. So, he was teaching them. And then in verse 14, and as he passed, and this is a present active participle. So this is a, you remember when we talked about how he called uh, Peter and Andrew and James and John, and he was going back and forth along the sea, back and forth and back and forth. And this is what he's doing when he's calling uh, Levi here. He's going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then our English translation says he saw Levi. And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, everybody watch me for just a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do two different things, all right? So everybody watch for a sec. Got it, all right. I saw everybody in the room. That is not what this word is. That's what this word is. This word is to stare down. All right? This word is not to like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, good to see you. This is not the word for the person you see in the foyer at church that you don't want to talk to. <laughs> this is the word for the person in church that you're trying to get their attention. Because you want to have a conversation. And this word's going to show up again in our text today. It's a beautiful word. So he saw Levi, and this is just uh, this is the only time Levi's name shows up, that, that Levi shows up in the book of Mark, is right here. He saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, which again is these tiny little details of like, oh, I'm connecting it to this person. So we can go and, oh, that's just beautiful. I like that. That's going to come up again in lessons in the future. Uh, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. So let me ask you a question. Why would you sit at the tax booth? That's what his job was, right? This, is, this was his thing. He sat at the tax booth. So I, I told you we were going to be introduced to four different groups today. So Levi and tax collectors. So who are tax collectors? So let me, let me just ask you a, a kindergarten-level question. What do tax collectors collect? Taxes. Yay. How many of you, like, you get a thrill and a joy... There should be two hands that go up right now from filing taxes. Like, yes, excellent. So, yes, there you go. So keep your hands up, gentlemen. If you need your taxes done, <laughs> small commercial here, <laughs> we have brothers that can do these types of things. So, you know, there's that. However, this is not what that was. This is totally and completely different. So where, thank you for keeping the map up. 
Where are we in the universe right now? That's where we are, yes. That's exactly right. That was... You're going to be a good Bible student one day, Luke, because you answered, you answered the question that was asked, which is just, it was infuriating to Jesus how often people did not answer his questions. Um, and it was infuriating to the people who asked him questions how often he didn't answer their questions. But anyway, where is this map? What country is this map? It's Israel, right? Okay. Who's in charge of this territory at this point in history? Did, why didn't you say Israel? Because it's Israel, right? But it's not, Israel's not in charge. Okay. Who gets to collect taxes? Whatever government is in charge, right? Now, I want you to think about this for a second because in our current, where are we? No, no, right, right now. <laughs> Tennessee. We, get more specific. What county are we in? You know what county we're in? Hamilton County. You know what city we're in? Chattanooga. And we're in the suburb of... Is Hickson a suburb or a, a... Yeah, I don't know, right? I don't know. Somebody knows, right? I don't, I don't care. All right, so, so we're in Chattanooga, right? And we're in Hamilton County. And we're in Tennessee, in America. And guess what? Everybody wants their cut. And, and what? They and they get it. That's right. Stacked, 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 and it's like, okay, yay. I still hit a pothole. Dang it. So once you think about this, there were like quasi-Israeli uh, governmental structures in place. But on top of that was the local Roman jurisdiction. And on top of that was like all of... Everybody's going to get their cut. So to be a tax collector here at this time was to work for an invaded government and to tax your own people. So let's be real, let's be real candid. What country on the earth are we the most at odds with right now? It's just sad we have a lot of options for that, right? Now, like, I mean, like going to war, potentially going to war. But Iran, maybe, or North Korea. Like, we'll pick one of those two. Pick one. Iran? Okay, we'll pick Iran. So let's say, let's say Iran invades America and somehow or another is able to occupy all of the United States. It looks like that ain't going to happen. Well, I, I pray that it doesn't, right? We are, we are very strong, uh, and let's not trust in our chariots either, right? <laughs> that is not where our strength comes from. Uh, so Iran, Iran has invaded America, and they want to collect tax. And they have heard that uh, there are two people in this room that have experience with taxes. And they have drafted you two gentlemen to taking taxes and they have also said, now, if you, we're going to look the other way, because if you can collect a little extra, you can just put it in your pocket, and that's fine. So how are we going to now feel about our two brothers that are, yeah, <laughs> they're dogs, 
their dogs. We, we actually have uh, non-biblical literature that references, that is written by uh, Jews from approximately this time period that references the, the Jewish tax collectors of this, and they are called all sorts of bad words that I can't say in Sunday school. I will just say dogs. Okay? These were not uh, people who were held in high esteem. And who does Jesus go to? Who does Jesus seek out and stare at? I'm up on my toes now. Here we go. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'll hold on the pulpit while I get up on my toes. (laughs) He walks up and down the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he stares at the tax collector. And it's not because he hates the tax collector. It's because he loves him. Which is just stunning to me. Because nobody showed Levi any love. Now I want you to think about something. We rewind back to Mark chapter 1. Jesus is walking up and down the Sea of Galilee. And who does he call? He calls four guys. He calls Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Right? And they were what? Fishermen. All right. I told you before I was going to show you how to use your your Bibles. Now, how many of you have a study Bible? You may have it here. You may have one at home. This is the ESV study Bible. It's a really good study Bible. It's very helpful in a lot of ways. The commentary on verse 14 says, Jesus continues to focus on teaching. And I'm going to skip all the parenthetical stuff, right? Um, Levi collected taxes and thus collaborated with Herod Antipas, who in turn collaborated with the Roman Empire. This is that stacking piece. As the occupying political force in the Jewish land of Palestine, uh, Rome and all who collaborated with Rome were despised by pious Jews. The taxation system was corrupt, and most tax collectors skimmed money from the taxes themselves. Okay, this is just this is the historical fact of what was going on in the day. Now, we're going to transition. This is the same comment. We're going to transition because I I want you when you read. Study Bibles, when you read commentaries, to know the difference between we went back in history and we pulled out some fact that is helpful for us to know versus a, this is probably pretty good, but it's an opinion, so make sure that you understand it's an opinion. So here's the next comment. Beside the sea and in his house suggests that the tax booth used by Levi was by the Sea of Galilee and was used for taxing fishermen. And it makes, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, right? Why else would, I mean, who wants to put their place of business next to the sea with fish coming in all? I mean, that's, it's not a, it's like, yay, let's go smell fish. I mean, I hate fish, just period, but that's just me. But does the text say that they put the tax booth there to tax the fishermen? No, but hang tight with me for just a second. Jesus just called Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And we have no indication that Levi had just set up his tax booth. Levi is very possible, could have been the person that was taxing Peter, Andrew, James, and John. So you got four disciples, and Jesus goes and calls the guy that they all hate and says, let's build this team. Now, For any of you that are in leadership positions whatsoever and have ever managed people, there is no leadership book on the planet that will tell you, you go find the person that four people despise the most and you bring them onto the team. 
And that is how you build a winning team that will be successful and drive profits high for your... No. (laughs) Perhaps. Perhaps. Jesus is giving us an example of the appeal of the gospel to all people. And that it will, in fact, ultimately be up to us, under the power of the Holy Spirit, to be unified with each other regardless of our backgrounds. Perhaps. That's right. But I don't want us to miss the fact that they might have known each other. Ooh, okay. Let's keep going. Verse 14. He saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. This is an imperative. All right, Luke, you ready? Follow me. Now, this is Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Have a seat. I'm going to leave you all alone for a minute. (laughs) Now, the crazy thing, the crazy thing, the really, really crazy thing, because if Levi is any good at a tax collector at all, what's he got sitting there on the booth? Whose money is it? Rome's, right? <laughs> like, yeah. So, so he's got to, he can't just, like, it would be exceedingly dangerous for Levi just to jump up and, like, leave. So, I don't know what you're doing, but you left all the money over here. So, like, this is, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I'm just totally messing with you right now. So, he's, I mean, it's just this crazy construct of stuff. He says, Follow me. And he rose. He got up, and he followed him. (laughs) He is committed. I don't know if you saw what he just did. He is committed to doing exactly what I tell him to do. Because when I said he rose, he he popped right up. (laughs) You can go sit back over here. Thanks. He rose and followed him. And so I don't want to overplay or underplay. I just want to make sure it's really clear. Levi did exactly what Jesus told him to do. Right? Just exactly. That's a good thing. So when we see people doing exactly what Jesus tells them to do, let's say, great job. Let's encourage. This is good. This is a positive thing. Verse 15, and as he reclined, who's he? Jesus, right? As he reclined, this is one of the most awkward phrases in all of the ESV, at table. Not at the table, not at a table, at table. And I stumble over it every single time I read Mark chapter 2 out loud because it's just so dead blame awkward. But that's just the way it is. So, And as he reclined at table in his house, and it's the same word that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. This is could have been his house. It could have been, uh, it, this is a place where he typically went. Many tax collectors and sinners 
we're reclining with Jesus. So when do the many tax collectors show up? Before or after Jesus calls Levi? Who would be tax collectors' friends? It's just, you know, I feel like I'm on pretty safe theological ground here. It's like, this is not the most popular people in the world. So many tax collectors and sinners. And the and here is not a descriptor of the tax collectors. This is a whole different group of people, right? So let's go find the sinners and the despised, and let's hang out with them. Where? At table. <laughs> Where was the table? At his house. I think that's a good memory. What uh, what part of Jesus' life did he use to teach people? Yeah, even when he was at home. Many tax collectors and sinners were reclining. Now, what's the reclining part here? Somebody help me out with the reclining. So, Because when I invite people over to my house, we don't lay down. That actually, like that's just... Like way awkward. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I was gonna say it, it still goes on today. So. Yeah, you kick back and you relax, and you eat, and you rest, and you 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 recline. What's that? Yeah, it's supposed to be actually healthier, right? And I still don't want to lay down and eat. <clears throat> so. so many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his what? Oh, his disciples. Now, the interesting thing here is that uh, the word disciples is actually not used, which is one of the things that ESV headers do very oddly. Uh, back in Mark 1.16, the header above Mark 1.16 says, Jesus calls the first disciples. And nowhere in that little section is the word disciples used. We just gather that they're disciples from what happens later on when he calls them disciples, and so we decided to call them disciples right there. But the first time the word disciples shows up is over here. For there were many who followed him. Now, why would many follow him? And hopefully you can get this answer right from all the stuff we've talked about so far. Why would many follow him? He's miracles, right? He's just constantly healing people. He's doing amazing things. I mean, this is the, he was the guy to know. Verse 16, and the scribes, 
of the Pharisees, or or and the Pharisees. Now you see the little uh, the little a after the word of, right before the Pharisees. The little footnote. Um, this some manuscripts have the word and here, because we don't have any record of the Pharisees actually having scribes. So the scribes and or of the Pharisees, when they saw that, so we got to ask a question: Who were the Pharisees? So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a really good. Uh, a, a good way to use a study Bible because many times the Bible doesn't necessarily define some of these terms for us. So if you look at the study Bible note for uh, Pharisees for Mark 2.16, it says, see the note on John 1.24, which is what happens a lot of times in the study Bibles because they don't want the study Bible to be 47,000 pages long. So they won't repeat the note over and over, they'll just refer you to where they want to say it really well. So in John 1, 24, the note says, a relatively small but highly influential group of Jews, so these are Jews, who emphasize meticulous observance of God's law as the means by which one attains righteousness before God and retains his favor. So is there a word that we would use to describe someone who follows the law and says that is how you get saved? A legalist, yes. They were they were legalists. They said, you have to follow all the law. And many Pharisees opposed Jesus, but some actually followed him. So that's the context here of the Pharisees. And you could teach ten lessons on the Pharisees. There's just all kinds of stuff about them. But that's, that's enough for where we're at right now. We'll, we'll see much more of them as we go through. The scribes and the Pharisees, when they saw, hey, Luke, this same word, to stare at, because they're staring at what's going on in Jesus' house. This is like, what are you doing? You are a rabbi. And you have got all these sinners and tax collectors over at your house. They, when they saw and they stared that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to who? You can tell a lot about somebody by who they will ask their question to. Because they were not bold enough to ask Jesus directly. They went to his disciples. They said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it. Now this is not a supernatural, miraculous hearing. This is the, this is the Greek word for akua. This is just, I heard it out loud. So not only did they not ask him directly, they weren't even stealthy about it. They said it loud enough that he could hear it, right? So this human being, Jesus, and when Jesus heard it, he said to who? Did he tell his disciples what the answer was and tell his disciples? No, no, no. You can tell a lot about somebody by who they direct their questions to. He said to them, those who are well. Now, don't skip past this word. This is an important word because this is a present participle active. This is repeatedly, habitually well. Think about somebody who is repeatedly, habitually healthy. Some of you are healthy to the point where you never go to the doctor. Like you just, you just don't ever go to the doctor. You don't even go for checkups just because you're always healthy. The doctor always says you're fine. So why should I go to the doctor? Right? And then there's people like me <laughs> who are not healthy in any way, shape, or form. If I'd have been born in any other century than the one I was born in, I'd have died like really, really fast. I'd have been one of those statistics. But 
The people who are habitually healthy have no need of what? Of a physician. Well, duh. Because if you're healthy, you don't need to go to the doctor. Right? And my doctor is actually on the other side of that wall right there putting together a taco bar for the Chosen Ministry fundraising lunch after the worship service this morning. And he would totally wholeheartedly disagree with this statement. Because he would say, yes, Jim, even if you're healthy, you need to come in for an annual checkup. Right? So let's separate the two concepts here. But those who are present, participle, active, habitually sick, if you are habitually sick, guess what? You need to go to the doctor, right? And then he makes this summary statement, which he does just constantly. I came not to call the righteous. Because what was our header for this particular section? Jesus calls Levi. I came not to call the righteous. Now, from all intents and purposes, we think that Levi was in the room when Jesus said this. How do you feel if you're Levi? He already knows, right? This is not shocking, surprising news to him. But he's figuring out real quick, this man's going to speak the truth. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, who in the room thought they were righteous? Let me say this a different way. I didn't come for you. I came for them. Yeah, just a bit. This would have been like, and he, he's not done talking to them and being shocking to them because later on in Mark chapter 2, he asked the Pharisees, have you never read what David did? I mean, this is like you walking up to the person you think is the best Bible scholar of all time and going, have you not read the Bible? What are you doing? He is confronting them with their sin is what he is doing. So, if you want Jesus to be for you, guess what you have to be? You have to be a sinner. I'm in. (laughs) And I don't want to rejoice in the sin. I want to rejoice in the Savior who is greater than the sin. And this is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, uh, I was hoping we'd get through verse 17 today. I think we did. So, lots of applications, lots of personalizations in here. Next week, we will pick up with verse uh, 18, which I think this section on... It's not necessarily the question about the fasting. That's pretty straightforward. Uh, But some of the examples that Jesus uses in verses 18 through 22 uh, are some of the more complex theological concepts literally in all of the book of Mark. So it may take us two weeks to kind of get through this particular section. Uh, And if it does, that's great because we'll just take them. So uh, with that, thank you for coming to Sunday School today. Uh, Your weekly update should be on your table. Um, You notice there's still a highlighted section there. Uh, We've got about 50 people or so that are going to the baseball game on Friday night. So that's pretty fantastic. We're excited about that. Uh, If you want, if you have your $2 per ticket, you can give those to Miss Thesa. Wave, Miss Thesa. Yeah, she's right there, uh, and she'll collect that for us. And then uh, pray as a table over those prayer requests. If you see any that need to be updated, please make those changes and updates. Thank you for coming to Sunday School today. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.